It's me, Roz. Welcome to part two of my conversation with Greg and Dana Newkirk. Oh my God, people went wild for this episode last week. I heard from so many people that just loved it. Great feedback and and it was worth the wait. I mean, I love them. I love them so much. They are so cool. They're funny and they know their stuff. And so today... We have a little bit more of the conversation. We're going to be talking about eBay dolls, one of my favorite topics, and uh, Hellier, and also PhenomenaCon, which is their online paranormal conference, which is happening this weekend. So please be there. We'll talk more about it later on in the episode. Um, I'll be there. <laughs> okay, let me give you a little bit of an intro here. Um, I was looking through paranormal news and guess what? Courtney Cox has a ghost story (laughs) in celebrity paranormal news. Courtney Cox recently said in an interview that she has a ghost story. She has a new TV show coming out called Shining Veil and it sounds like a great idea. So the show Shining Veil is about... Um, this family, she's, uh, she's the, the wife, the mother, I believe. And, um, bad things are happening and she can't tell if she's either depressed or possessed. I don't know. I found it interesting. Anyway, so she was recently promoting the TV show and, and she was asked by a reporter from entertainment tonight, have you ever had an experience? And she said that she lived in a house where, a UPS delivery person brought her something and was like, oh, who's that behind you? And she was like, what? There's no one behind me. And that was one of her ghost stories that happened. But she said she doesn't want to talk about it because she's afraid that that the ghost will hear her. And also, and then she also reveals in the, in the interview, oh, I'm in England right now. And I just had a paranormal experience the other night. So the ghost lover, I love Courtney Cox. I actually just watched scream a couple weeks ago and um i loved it so much god i thought it was oh it was everything i wanted from a scream movie but anyway i just thought it was interesting and i'm adding her to my list of future dream guests courtney cox she's got the stories we now know it okay i also found this article that is saying that there's a new study about people that believe in the paranormal. And I'm like, are they coming for us? It sounds like we have some haters here in our mists. Okay, this one, this article's from Psychology Today. It says, are paranormal beliefs a result of lazy thinking? Okay, I've said this before. I have always... Before all the other things I identify as, I've always identified first and foremost as lazy. So you might have, you might be onto something here. 
basically what it's saying is that, okay, so in 2021, there was a New York Times bestseller called Noise, colon, A Flaw in Human Judgment. And in this book, it says, belief in ghost astrology and extra sensory perception, you know, ESP, is associated with lower cognitive reflection test scores, implying that belief in paranormal phenomena may result from failure to engage in an adequate level of analytic thinking. However, a new cross-cultural study published last week in Frontiers in Psychology, which I guess is some kind of publication, suggests that this is a case of correlation without causation and that it may be culturally mediated. So cognitive reflection tests, also known as CRT, so that measures a person's ability to respond to a problem by rejecting the first incorrect answer that springs to their mind and then engaging their analytic reasoning skills to find the less obvious but correct solution. So it says in 2012, a study by someone named Gordon Pennycook showed an inverse correlation between scores on the CRT and belief in paranormal phenomena. So according to his findings, quote, analytic individuals have decreased levels of supernatural belief because they are more likely to scrutinize ideas, detect such violations, and unbelieve them. However, Last week, a group of researchers published a series of cross-cultural studies that undertook a similar comparison of cognitive reflection and paranormal belief, but, but produced results that call Pennycook et al.'s explanation into question. So they noticed that most studies examining the association between cognitive style and people that believe in in the paranormal or, or go, jump to that uh, have been conducted exclusively with what it, what they call weird, which stands for Western educated, industrialized, rich, and democratic. Okay. We're going to talk about the word weird for a moment later on in this episode. And that is not what I'm referring to PS. So they're saying only 10% of the 287 participants in Penny Cook at all's study were from regions other than North America and Europe, and 100% of their study participants gave English as their primary language. They also noted that a previous study in which Japanese participants who self-reported having an analytic thinking style were more likely to have paranormal beliefs. So they're using this as reasons to explore the relationship between CRT scores and paranormal beliefs outside the Western and English-speaking worlds. So sticking with the same group that is doing these studies, they conducted several studies to measure cognitive reflection and paranormal beliefs in both English-speaking and Japanese-speaking pop populations. So their results for their English-speaking subjects were similar to the one that Penny Cook did which is an inverse correlation between CRT scores and paranormal belief. However, when CRT scores and paranormal beliefs among Japanese subjects were compared, there was no such correlation found. So it would seem that uh, what, what they found is that paranormal beliefs are not a violation of Japanese cultural norms quite as much as they are to Western peoples. 
So, yeah, it really seems like it has a lot to do with society, cultural um, influences. Of course, I'm always talking about religion or upbringing. Um, that has a huge part because those seeds are planted in your mind that that stuff could be possible. I also, I, I think also if you're like, you know, if you discover, I don't know, paranormal podcasts or movies or books or whatever, then you, then you would have the possibility of that stuff out there and you wouldn't just be like, oh, that was just in my head. Anyway, moving on. I don't know. I'm, I'm always thinking about skeptics, skeptics in a way, I, I guess the word isn't necessarily skeptic. I think that that word gets thrown around a lot, but people that strictly reject the idea of the existence of paranormal phenomena. I'm, I'm always so curious about them. And obviously I talk to a lot of them. Sometimes I have them on this show a little bit. Actually, I don't think I've ever had anyone on this show. Cause I, I can't interview someone that's like, Nope, that's not true. Nope, that's stupid. Nope, that's fake. I mean, I've tried and I've had to stop and go, just so you know, like, I believe in this stuff. <laughs> the people that listen to this show at least have an open mind to hear about it. I think a large majority of them do believe in the possibility of this stuff. So, like, don't don't insult us and don't insult our intelligence by telling us that we are stupid for thinking that this stuff is possible. Of course, it always comes down to, it's fun. Why not? We're not hurting anybody. I mean, it is interesting because when I started this podcast, and, and still to this day, I don't know anything about any of this stuff. I just like to talk about it, and I like to learn more and more. But when I especially started doing this podcast, I was admittedly the kind of person that would think that everything ever was a ghost. And I have in some ways retroactively debunked certain things that I thought were paranormal in my life. Um, nothing too major, just little things where I'm like, oh, maybe that was that and not a ghost. But I think that from having all of these conversations and, and going out and experiencing looking for ghosts and um, talking to professionals uh, in this field, it has certainly given me a more analytic mindset when it comes to the paranormal. And it has given me options of rather than jumping to conclusions right away. I think that is true. And um, I don't know, maybe you found that too from listening to, to people's stories and experiences. I think it's a good thing. Of course, we talked before, it's healthy to be skeptical. Even, you know, you can believe in this stuff and be skeptical. I think that's smart. No, we want we, we want to know for damn sure that what we're talking about is a ghost as much as we can. I don't know. I, I just thought it was interesting to read that in a psychology a publication that was Psychology Today. It's interesting to me that people look into this stuff. And it says that, you know, they, they throw astrology in there. Um, I like the idea of looking into people's analysis of things being paranormal or not. I'm not, I'm never interested in like, well, if you believe in ghosts, then you're stupid or like whatever. Like that is, that does nothing for me. I kind of feel like unintentionally 
I am doing an informal research study with this podcast because you might notice I often do ask people, what what did their family teach them about this stuff? Um, Religion, um, cultural beliefs on this stuff. And also, okay, so what did you think when you first saw that ghost in your at the foot of your bed did you think it was a human did you think like i'm i'm always trying to to almost survey what different people think when they're in these situations based on a lot of this stuff that is being studied anyway i'm rambling um i thought it was interesting okay so let's get into part 2 of this conversation now i will say it's very rare, but this week on Patreon, I do not have a bonus clip from my conversation with Greg and Dana, but I decided to record essentially an ad-free podcast of me talking and learning about paranormal stuff, and I put that on my Patreon second tier this week, and I had so much fun doing it, and I think I might just like do it more. I, I loved it, because I, I want to learn things, and it's fun to find the humor in it. And so I wanted to look up things, religious, quote unquote, miracles, unexplainable things that people have credited toward, um, particularly Catholic, uh, miracles and unexplained phenomena like stigmata and the mysterious side of, uh, supernaturally Catholic, beliefs so I looked up a lot of that stuff and I read about it and I um I thought I was making myself laugh I had a fun time doing it and I I hope you would enjoy it so it's about it's over 40 minutes uh ad free just me talking about that and who knows maybe I'll do it every single week from now on I'm not sure we'll see but let's get into the rest of my conversation with Greg and Dana Newkirk so the last time we talked to them just to recap Of course, if you haven't heard part one, go back and listen to part one. But they were telling us the incredible story about the Catskills crone, the haunted object. And it leads us into this part of the conversation. So I hope you enjoy. Here is me talking to Greg and Dana Newkirk, part two. On with the show. Okay, but the, all that being said, what about eBay dolls and haunted objects? <laughs> oh my God, don't get me started. <laughs> you know, I have this thing where I'm obsessed with eBay dolls, and on my Patreon, I do a thing um, where I critique their outfits. And, um, <laughs> That's amazing. I love yes, it. I, I have an obsession with eBay, the eBay haunted doll world, and I personally feel very comfortable, confident, and free to to kind of make fun of the dolls because I don't think that most of them are legit at all. But, I mean, what do you guys think? I'll put it this way. Um, every time we've dealt with a, a case where there are people who claim to have a haunted object, they only ever respond one of two ways. Bit, yeah. There's only two ways they respond. I've never seen anything else in a case that I believed they either will never part with it. They have like a bizarre connection to it and they would never part with it for any amount of money. There's like a hyper fixation Uh on it that, that is borders on like unhealthy, like big red flag (laughs) energy. Yeah. Or 
they want you to take it. At, they will yes. pay you to take it. They're they don't so want frightened. anything to do with it. They're so scared. They want to throw it in. I, I've stopped people from throwing it and throwing things in fires, from throwing things Lakes, in the river. They, yeah. Um, they want nothing to do with it. So when I see someone who goes, I sure. have this incredibly haunted artifact and you can own this for $500. <laughs> I'm like, oh, you're a scam artist. Yeah. Sure. It's, it's complete horseshit. There's no way. And there's a, it's funny because there's, um, there's this fun, super fun scam that I see some paranormal museums do sometime is they have their psychics, quote unquote, go to thrift stores <laughs> and put their arms out over the dolls. And then they will feel the energy and they'll find a, a, a haunted doll. And then because the psychic finds the haunted doll, now they have a new haunted doll and they've just got, they just make up this whole backstory and everything for it. Oh, the backstories are the best part. The They're always so specific. These, yes, you know, like, yes, they are, especially the eBay ones. They're like, so like you have this incredible detail about this. Oh, this is, this is doll. Amy and yeah. she's gluten-free. Yes. <laughs> and she <laughs> loves much to detail. watch Judge Judy every yes. single day. <laughs> yes. It's like, or do you like to watch Judge Judy as this doll sits next to you? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. One of our favorite, one of my was, favorite, favorite. I know exactly what you're going to say. It's the greatest story ever. <laughs> we give, um, so we go, we'll give lectures on, on the idea of, of hauntings and haunted objects and things like that. And one of the things that we'll do is we'll go through some of our favorite finds on eBay. Cause we always have like a thing where it's like, don't buy haunted dolls on eBay unless you hate money. <laughs> yes, <laughs> You're exactly. just throwing it away. So there's there's the haunted dolls. There's all kinds of stuff. Dybbuk boxes. Don't get me started on those. Uh, but one of my favorite ones was a haunted ring. And this ring, if you bought this ring and you wore this ring, it would summon the spirit of Craig, the bisexual werewolf lover. <laughs> and there's a picture of Craig that's on this eBay account. Oh, and the funniest thing about it is we gave that we've been giving that lecture for a while and people always laugh because it's just it's just absurd the the level of detail mm -hmm. or to even think that wearing this ring would summon uh you know the the uh, werewolf succubus mm -hmm. craig turns out uh our friend connor habib goes oh he's like i you know i worked i worked in the adult entertainment industry i know craig we could actually set you up by that ring and then we'll make a little video where you put the ring on and then Craig appears, and then we'll just have a jump cut to Craig appearing in the scene. And we're like, it worked. Oh it worked. <laughs> so, so did he do it? Oh, I, I would love to at some point, but I unfortunately have not met Craig. We have a, yeah, we, we need uh, an intro to Craig. We got to yeah. make this happen. Well, I do live uh, versions of this podcast in person here in L.A. And um, <gasps> let's get Craig. I, yeah, yeah. Well, usually what I do is I. Um, oh God, I hate to admit that this is fake because I think people really know that it's they believe in it. But <laughs> I make a fake eBay ad of a doll for sale, uh, which is really just a doll I buy at a thrift store. And then um, <laughs> I bring I act like I bought the doll and then I bring the doll and then I have um, a local improv actor of some sort behind, with a microphone behind the stage <laughs> oh, as the doll. And then I interview the dolls God. about their stories. That and, is incredible. Oh it's my really god. Fun. I love 
That I is hysterical. The, I love the detail backstory haunted doll Etsy or eBay. Uh, yeah. It's, they're so good. The absurd amount of detail. Cause all I want to know is like, where's the recordings of her telling you this? God, please. I know. <laughs> we could change history. But the crazy thing is that it's like, then you click on the the seller and they have like 50 of these dolls yes and and it's and it's like similar stories kind of i mean i have a lot of respect for the fact that they take all this time to like really write these (laughs) stories and sometimes the stories are like long like paragraphs and paragraphs They're always from like an old, I, I was cleaning out an old witch's estate. Yeah. That's that's in so many of them. My favorite also a kind of like similar thing is the haunted doll uh, world on TikTok is an incredible, oh incredible thing because it's just people interviewing their haunted dolls, to, like doing like EVP sessions. So like electronic voice when I'm like ghost hunting with their haunted dolls to ask them like, who killed Marilyn Man- or Marilyn Monroe? Like that kind of, <laughs> you're just like, oh my God, it's incredible. Yeah, maybe the doll will know. Like they'll, they'll know. <laughs> oh yeah, the haunted well, doll okay. thing. Ugh. So when you guys have like a bunch of haunted objects in a room, how do you know what activity is coming from which one? You know, I don't think you really have to look very hard. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think, you know, my my personal view on ghosts, people are always saying, you know, ghosts are here because they have they have unfinished business. Um, I I think that they naturally, if, if there's something that has some something to say, they'll find a way to say it. They'll find a way to let you know. And I think also like when it comes to the objects, some of them there there's like distinct activity like different types of activity that you'll you'll notice sort of with them um and that and then stuff happens when something new comes into the environment yeah so like with the crone we we knew right away oh this thing Mm -hmm. is trying to tell us something Mm -hmm. uh so it's not i mean there's it's there's not a really clear cut and dry way it's just i feel like if it has a message it lets you know and one of the things that we do uh, also is you know like because it's a, a majority of the like not all of the objects are in the same room some of them we keep separate some of them just shouldn't be with other objects or we kind of like it, every object is a it, it's its own case so it, each one gets like its own treatment specifically um but one of the things that we do is like in the main space where we have a majority of the objects i'll i consider it like energetic hygiene and so i'll come in and like clean cleanse the area or or just do something to kind of clean the area out a little bit and that's mainly just because the one thing that we notice more often than not specifically when you have this many weird things in one space is the more the it the energy is allowed to kind of root itself in the space the more you get weird things happening so the the longer it's allowed to kind of stagnate in the space you let that seed grow yeah you, mm. you sort of just have to come in and like cleanse it and and kind of create a neutral kind of energetic environment for everything to coexist together in yeah okay i could see that that makes sense you and your roommates all of your <laughs> all our roommates so well i'm looking at the time you guys okay i want to talk about other things uh um uh, hell yeah uh, uh, <laughs> hey okay. I, we're we're here for you um let's keep going you guys this is so fun okay hell yeah i love it so much you guys are like you guys are like straight up investigators like take away the paranormal as well like you guys are like the first time I watched Hellier, okay, I'm a big found footage um, 
horror fan. Yeah. And every time I watch found footage, I'm always like, this is the hardest genre because like these people would have to be such good actors. Mm-hmm. And like, if I didn't know any better, if I was watching Hellier, I'd be like, who are these actors? This is incredible. Like just because of the way that the storyline progresses and it like really feels like you're watching a movie, but of course yeah. it's not. I mean, it's like, it's so much, um, there's such a narrative and it's like, it's not just um, like a ghost hunting thing or something. No offense to any of that. It's, it's, it's just different. It's like a, mm-hmm. a full like storyline. Like, I don't know. It's, it's really incredible. I, I just, I think it's so great. I, I'm always happy to hear that. Um, it's funny because there's so many people who do think we're actors. Yeah, they all, think that Hellier oh is like a Blair Witch Project type of thing. We which... are the worst actors on the face of the planet. Like we, <laughs> I can't even imagine. Oh, we how... had to do recreations for the Crone, oh and we had to reshoot them because we're such terrible actors that Carl had to like <laughs> he had to like shoot it sort of fuzzy and out of focus yeah. and like just on our lower so halves. Down. Like don't show our faces at all because we just like we're like, we are so bad at it. It's incredible. <laughs> but there are but, there's tons of people who tons think that of we're people. Just, yeah. We're, Actors. Which is like, it's kind of funny kind because of nice, I guess, <laughs> I mean, sure, I guess I, I tried to take it as a compliment, but a lot of the, a lot of the credit there goes to, to Carl, who's our yeah. director of photography and, and our, the editor, editor yeah. he's able to, he has a, a really difficult job when it comes to, to Hellier, uh, especially because he's just taking hundreds and hundreds of hours of footage from like over seven years and having to make them coherent for the viewer. Cause like mm-hmm. we could sit and spend all day, but when you have, you know, 45 minutes an episode, yeah. um, he's just really, really good at it and has a really great artistic eye. And Hellier does this really interesting thing where, you know, Carl decided to shoot it as uh, a film. So it doesn't look like other paranormal television shows. It's shot with like cinema anamorphic lenses. It's, it has a score. We actually have someone who scores it. It has uh, oh a my lot God, of the theme song has been in my head for the past few years. Right. It's so great. It's so good. And all of those things kind of combine to do something I think is very important for people who want to experience the paranormal themselves. It brings your mind into this liminal place mm-hmm. where you know that what you're watching is is real. It's a it's a documentary, but it looks and feels and sounds like a film. And so your mind goes into that liminal spot where anything is possible. And I think it really does, you know, there's a lot of subtleties in Hellier and a lot of things baked into Hellier. There's the idea that we're doing this big ritual and that the people who watch it become part of that ritual. And I, I the countless people contact us all the time, uh, telling them, telling us that things are happening in their lives because of Hellier, because they've watched Hellier. I can't speak to that very much, but I do think that there is there's magic in that series yeah. and and the way that people experience it. Well, what's like for you know like what's the I guess elevator pitch or whatever people say you know what's the what's the TV guide version of of what it is for anyone that has never seen it? Holy shit! Can you <laughs> imagine a lot? I know it turns into a whole other it's thing, like, but. I always joke that it's a it's a show about goblins that's not about goblins. <laughs> yeah, it, it starts off with us investigating one of the strangest emails we've ever gotten. This case where this guy in in this tiny, uh, old dying coal town of eastern Kentucky, Hellier, says that there's these little beings, these little goblins coming out of a mine shaft on the edge of his property. They're tapping on his windows at night. They're scaring his children. They stole his dog. And that this uh, enigmatic figure by the name of Terry Wrist told him to contact 
me and my childhood ghost hunting team. Like the, there's no reason to ever contact us because we, we just look like kids who really like jackass and went ghost hunting <laughs> with medieval weapons. Like it's silly. Um, now, P.S. Coming from the drag world, hearing a, a, any pun name always gets me excited. And Terry <laughs> Wrist, I'm like, that sounds like an incredible drag king. Um, but yeah, okay. Sorry. I love, I love it when people email. This happens. We get these emails <laughs> once or twice a month where somebody will email us, and I love this. This is great because in a in a way, Hellier is very much like a crowdsourced investigation. But sometimes someone will email us and they'll go, oh, my God, did you know that if you say Terry Wrist really fast, it's terrorist? Yeah, yeah. Wow. Well, I think you just cracked it. We got that one. (laughs) Oh, I figured it out right away. Well, then it turns into something else later on. But yeah, yeah. Okay, so sorry. Well, we... As we as we go to explore this case, uh, we find this connection to this very strange book uh, that was released by a ritual magician by the name of Alan Greenfield, who was a, a ufologist who became involved in the the o- OTO and and Thelema, which is ritual magic based around uh, principles that uh, Alistair Crowley, uh, I'm sorry Crowley, I get mm. a lot of flack for that, mm. Alistair Crowley uh, espoused in in uh, things like Book of the Law. Uh, there's a book called Secret Cipher of the Euphonauts, which is all about using ritual magic to investigate, summon, and repel extraterrestrial entities, ultra-terrestrials. And it involves Indrid Cold, it involves the Mothman, um, it involves goblins, all of that stuff. And it's a it was a very strange book. And then we start to slowly meet characters who are from this book. And... Every little step that we take ends up leading us further and further into this really strange place where by the end of season two, spoiler alert, we've gone from investigating goblins to summoning old gods with magic rituals in caves below Kentucky. (laughs) (laughs) I want to say that at some point in the second season, I think... You guys cover this for a sec. Um, the idea, kind of going back to what we were talking about with like magic having to do with um, cryptids and that sort of a thing. Mm-hmm. And um, I remember when I first started learning about Alistair Crowley uh, <laughs> that uh, that he was doing work in Loch Ness, and then mm-hmm. it made me yeah. think, like, I wonder if that's if that is, you know, a manifestation of something, you know, if he created the Loch Ness monster or whatever. Yeah. And so, I mean, what, what are your thoughts on all that? Well, oh, 100%. The idea, what, that he was doing a, a ritual at the Boleskine house. I think right? it was the Abremelin ritual, yeah. which is like a really intense, very long ritual that, you know, there's a, a fantastic film that is sort of uh, gives you an idea of what the Abremelin ritual is like. It's called A Dark Song. And I highly, highly recommend it. It, it is incredible. It's, it's incredible. It's, it's beautiful. Very, it's it's scary. scary too. But it's the best depiction of ritual magic in a, uh, uh, a fictional film that I've ever seen. But it was the what he didn't he he wasn't able to finish Mm-mm. the ritual to completion, and then shortly thereafter, the, the Loch Ness, Ness monster. monster. I, I I am a big believer in the idea that often. Maybe he tore a hole in reality. Yeah, like that, or maybe that, he manifested something into existence. Mm-hmm, I don't know. For but sure. it is an interesting coincidence. Ooh. <laughs> so, Hellier, is there a third season? Where are you guys at? Um, what do you think? 
yeah, there. I mean, I think it's a matter of of when, not if. Um, the first two seasons came out in the same year, which is crazy. Uh, and you know, we have a lot of ideas about where it's going to go. We have ideas about uh, who we still need to talk to, things that we still need to do, rituals we need to complete. And um, yeah, I just I uh, it I don't think Hellier is a thing that really stops. You know, yeah. we can kind of try to unnaturally put a cap on it, but we'll definitely continue it as far as it wants to take us because I don't think that it's done yet. I think there's still work to do and there's still, I mean, my own personal opinion on it. And this is the fun thing is we all have our own ideas about what this means, but I think what you're watching in Hellier is you're watching, you are watching an initiation of people becoming better magicians or becoming magicians at all. And at the same time, there are so many viewers who are becoming magicians alongside of us. And uh, I don't think that journey is done. Mm. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh my God. <laughs> I love it so much. I truly I tell everybody about it. I just think it's it's so fun. Um, and it's I, it just it covers so much ground paranormally. And, and, and I do always appreciate that, like, uh, intersection of different, uh, ideas of the paranormal. I mean, doing things like, um, you know, the God helmet and the mm. Estes method and like, mm -hmm. you know, stuff that's more traditionally ghost hunty, um, as you're, and, you know, talking about hypnosis and, um, <laughs> ufos and like it's just it's all of it in in such a cool way that makes sense and um yeah that's so it's always really nice to hear that because it that tends to be like one one of the things that people will like hyper focus on that they hate about it <laughs> well <laughs> really? it's like i don't want to sound i don't want to sound this is going to come off i'm trying to think of how how the best way to say this without offending somebody hellier requires you to do homework Sure. And not yeah. everyone, like people who watch like traditional paranormal television. I watch traditional paranormal television. We, we appear on it all the time, but they, you, you have your hand held and you're told what to think and what to believe by right. traditional paranormal television. There's always, there's a three act narrative structure. The, you know, you've got the, the, the first act sets up the problem. The second act is the investigation. The third act is telling the client how to fix the problem. It's solved. It's done. That's not how it works ever yeah in any paranormal case it doesn't work that way yeah and so hellier requires you you know you get out of it what you decide the work you know what kind of work you decided to put into it it was a big deal i think for us to have it feel really authentic and to have it feel like the person the people watching it are another a fellow investigator with us because the, we wanted everyone to see our dead ends. We wanted people to see moments when we, you know, we, we our theory, the theory we were running with came up against a brick wall and it, we just had to kind of abandon it at that point. We wanted it to feel really real and, and give, you know, a paranormal investigation and high strangeness investigation, like an authentic, mm -hmm. uh, chance at, you know, being in front of people because, it uh it's so strange and so wild and i think part of what is great about it is when you when you show it in its authenticity uh it i think it really resonates with people in a, in a big way mm -hmm. and and you know hellier it's a lot of things 
but it's a show about reading books. Yeah, it also is. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I love that people have stacks of books after they yeah. watch it and they can come up with their own ideas. And we try really hard not to tell anyone what to believe. Yeah. Like we, we just decide for yourself how you think this works. We have our own opinions, but we're never going to, we don't want to hold anyone's hand. We don't want to tell someone what to believe. We want them to you know, have your own adventures and read the books and decide what you think. Yeah. Well, you certainly recommend a lot of like other things to check out and other things to look into. And I really appreciate that too. Cause you guys talk about stuff that I'm like, what? Like, this is some, you guys are weird. Like you guys are like <laughs> really getting deep into this shit. Like it's not just, it's, it's like, um, advanced learning. Like there's a lot of, <laughs> but in a, like such a good way, you know, it's like things that I didn't even know about yet. And I feel like I talk so much about all this stuff all the time. And, um, I don't know the 37th parallel. Like I was like getting like all into uh, it's, it's great. Ah, oh, man, that's great. That's, that's, so that's cool. the best. The calling us weird is the best compliment you can give us. I always say it's the uh, opposite of boring. I, I mean, opposite of weird is boring. It's Bingo. a good thing to exactly. be. <laughs> um, but wait, I was just going to ask you, um, well, I was just thinking like when you, a traditional paranormal show, it's, and, and it's understandable when you know about production and stuff, but they, mm -hmm. they only have a few days. And so you can yeah. only accomplish so much. And that's, what's so cool about this one is that you guys span years and yeah. sometimes that's, you know, what it takes and that's how it should be. I don't want this to sound dismissive of, of paranormal television, but this is our real life. This we don't turn this off when the cameras are off. Like this is what we do for a living. Like this is this we live this. We experience this. The amount of uh psychological pain that Hellier has caused <laughs> us is unbelievable. We are going to have to go to therapy because of because of it. Because um, of goblins. It's a real it's real. This is where this is this is our lives. This is where we live. The the reason Dane and I even are together is because we ran rival ghost hunting teams as kids. We mm -hmm. hated each other. <laughs> we've we've been involved in this for forever. So it's always um, you know, I, I love it. I think that you know, campy paranormal television is awesome, it's great, but it's also kind of frustrating when people believe that like mountain monsters is legitimately fighting Bigfoot every week, you know, like mm -hmm. it's, I think, I think also it's, it's like, it, it's just nice to have an alternative too. You know what I sure. mean? Like, it's nice to sort of like have a kind of paranormal content or TV for everybody. So if mm -hmm. you're, you know, if you are a fan of like traditional ghost hunting shows, they exist and they're out there. And now there's, you know, an alternative for people who maybe want to dig their, their you know heels in a little bit and and kind of embed themselves with the group of investigators it's just cool to have yeah. like that alternative and we, to be we, that alternative i guess we actually had uh the first season of hellier in the can for like a year before we decided to throw our hands up and and release it ourselves because every time we would take it to a network they would say well you have to find goblins like you're gonna have to find goblins like what if we just blew sky in here what if we went back and every episode was you finding a goblin in a different cave in a different state. That's mm. not what it's about. Yeah. And right. how are you going to guarantee it? They're like, oh, no, don't worry about it. <laughs> you know, yeah. the, the subtext is there for anyone who watches a lot of paranormal television. And it just didn't feel right to us. We were um, 
we just kind of threw our hands up and I'm glad now that we, we self-released it because, mm-hmm. um, it's done much better and been much more well-received than I ever would have imagined if I'd listened to network executives about what people actually wanted. Yeah. You know? Oh, that's so cool. <laughs> What is your inbox like? I mean, I can only imagine how colorful a, that has to be. I a mean, nightmare. Yeah, it's <laughs> it's a it's it's a lot of like really great uh, and wonderful people having have their own incredible experiences, and then occasionally it's like very very scary people. <laughs> sure. Yeah. But it's it. The, if anything, I think what is fascinating about it is how many people feel that it. Kind of, that Hellier itself sort of is a great example for something that they felt in their own lives, but they've never really had something mm-hmm. to kind of point as to a, a reference for. Yeah. So I find that like more often than not, people are like, I I've experienced synchronicity storms, like the ones that you guys experience in Hellier, and I I didn't know how to explain that, or I didn't know how to properly share that uh, feeling with other people. And it kind of, it's cool because it is, it's nice even just for us to know that there are other people out there that are kind of, that they feel as if they're in that current. Cause I like referring to it as a current and it feels like something that you're in when you're really kind of going with the flow of, of, you know, trying to communicate with that phenomenon. There's, there's a, a weirder vibe that you just sort of feel. And it's cool that, you know, there are so many people who've said, this is what I feel sometimes. And, and it feels important and it feels mystical to me. And now I have a point of reference where I can go, it's like this, you know, and that's, mm-hmm. that's a really cool thing. Yeah. I mean, when you guys get these emails that are like, there's goblins in my yard and like, how do you, <laughs> you know, how do you, what's your credibility checklist or, or, you know, I'm sure it's case by case, but I think, I don't know. I think that, I mean, and Greg probably will have a different answer, but for me, I'm really always looking because I feel like at this point, the, you know, everyone jokes that like, you know, there's a hell you're drinking game. And it, whenever we say synchronicities drink and we're like, you'll die of alcohol, <laughs> yeah, don't, you will don't die. do that. <laughs> but I really feel like for me, the synchronicities are, are the, the guideposts. So they, when I start seeing that popping up, like, let's say someone contacts us and they're, you know, they're, they're having a similar experience or they, they want us to come and investigate. I'm really looking for like synchronicities around dates, words, sometimes they'll numbers, say the name names, of, of, yeah. of, of something that we've been very invested in yeah. and haven't told anyone about. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and then you're like, okay, well, there's no way that that person would have ever known yeah. that. And, and so those for me personally tend to be the things that I'm really looking for as far as kind of that you know, that you, that idea of the phenomena going like, look over here, like this is the direction mm-hmm. you need to go into next. I'm, I sort of trust that it will put the right, the right kind of things in front of us that will, mm-hmm. will recognize them right away. Yeah. You let the phenomena guide Dictated. your, guide your hand. Mm-hmm. And there's other, you know, there's other times when, you know, you, you get really good at, at sniffing out, Sure. you know, if someone's trying to pull one over on you, you kind of, you kind of know, and there's questions you can ask that will get to the heart of that really quick. And people's responses, how they respond is another way. And, um, you know, like I, like I said earlier, uh, our first instinct with every single thing is to try and give people the tools to solve their own problems. I don't need to come in and play the hero and stoke my ego and, you know, give you an exorcism or anything like that. That's not what we're about. We want to help you 
help yourself. And so we can give people advice and, and ideas on how to fix their own problems. And if that doesn't work, you know, the next step is, okay, well, let's, you know, maybe there is something we can do. We don't like typically doing residential cases uh, because there's, you know, there's, there's psychology issues there. There's, I think in a lot of those cases, they need to talk to a psychiatrist and neither of us are psychiatrists. Mm -hmm. We don't have training in therapy or anything like that. Um, and so I'm very aware of making someone's situation worse simply by being there. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, when it comes to like somebody has a haunted object or something and, and it's causing them distress, we are happy to take it off their hands. That's easy to do. And most of the time, just getting rid of it solves the problem. And we just make a little more room on our shelves. <laughs> and sometimes we get to experience something, uh, fascinating and document it, um, but yeah, it's it's always case by case. Basis. Yeah, because it's tough, like having an open mind of like, oh, well, I, you know, I, I like I like to believe like, sh- sure, why couldn't this be possible? But like it gets to like a fine line sometimes where somebody comes to me with something and I'm like, I don't know if that. Yeah, uh, that sounds well, really out there. I think one of the easiest ways is to determine whether the person actually wants help. Mm-hmm. Because sometimes someone just wants someone to confirm that they have a spooky ghost in their house, mm-hmm. you know, because everyone wants to be special. Yeah. And those situations are the most difficult ones where you can you can give every you can give someone kind of every explanation as to the weird things that are happening maybe in their houses or something like that. But the reality of the situation is they they just want you to kind of validate the experiences that they are having. And those are tough because it's sort of like sometimes you will find like legitimate mundane answers and they often just kind of refuse them because they want to continue believing that, you know, it's not the pipes, you know, contracting from heat and banging in your basement that it's something else going on. So those are tougher kind of situations, yeah. but especially when it's dealing with like unresolved trauma around sure. the death of like a family member. Issues. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, they want, they want the, the orb in that photo to be grandpa yeah. and you don't want to say, well, that's a lens artifact. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's, it's difficult. Um, and even if you tell these people like, no, that's, you know, I can tell you how this happens. You know, I can put you in touch with a photographer who can explain how this works and how there's water droplets in the air. And when you use the flash, they show up on camera. Um, but sometimes it's better to just say, if that brings you comfort, mm-hmm. why do you need me to validate that? You know? Yeah. Well, you guys, <laughs> we should probably wrap it up soon, but we have got to talk about phenomenal gone. Yeah, we're so excited you're going to be there. I will be there, and I can't (laughs) wait. You know, this is my debut speaking at (gasps) such a thing. Is it really? Yeah. I mean, obviously, I've, like, done a billion things speaking to audiences and and talking about ghosts and and all that, but I've never... I feel feel legitimate. You've not done a conference before. Never. I feel like we are so honored. So thank you guys for giving me that. Oh, my my gosh. gosh. Thank Thank you you for giving us the honor of... Hosting you. Well, tell us what uh, it is can't and, wait. And, and what people can look forward to and how they find it and everything. Uh, PhenomenaCon is, uh, it was born of a pandemic uh, a couple <laughs> years ago when, you know, our livelihood shut down, the livelihood of our friends shut down too. You know, part of the way that we make money is going around the country and talking to people. And um, we're in a very fortunate position where we don't have to do that, but a lot of our friends 
have, they're not, you know, they've got books they've got to sell. They've got things they've got to promote. And we got bored not being able to go anywhere. So I said, let's try our best to bring the conference experience online. And we planned a three-day event with, uh, we only ever invite people who we genuinely love and genuinely feel like they have something fun and interesting and new to say to people. And I, we, we put together this, this amazing list uh, and it just went it was, it went off like gangbusters. Everybody was so psyched on it because, you know, we didn't realize there are, there's people who've never had the opportunity mm-hmm. to attend a paranormal conference before they've right. got, maybe they have social anxiety. Maybe they just don't have the funds. Maybe they have to stay home and care for somebody. Um, these people finally had the opportunity to attend something like this. Uh, and it was, it was just so much fun. It really replicated the the conference experience. As far as I know, no one's ever done one before, an an online paranormal conference. And so we kept it going and uh, we're bringing it back for round three. It's happening at the end of the month, uh, the 25th through the 27th. Uh, We host the whole thing through our Patreon page. Uh, It's free for people who are already members of our Patreon. And uh, if you're not, it's 15 bucks. You can, you can join for the weekend. You can leave when you're done if you want, but there's tons of fantastic speakers on everything from voodoo to uh, ufology to Bigfoot. Um, Dana's going to talk about incorporating magic into paranormal investigation. I'm going to talk about, egregores for fun and profit there's <laughs> <laughs> all kinds of fun stuff and there's um uh movie screenings that have to do with the paranormal uh yeah it's gonna be great i'm really excited about it but if people are curious about it they can go to patreon.com slash para museum p-a-r-a museum and uh, all the information's there and i'm gonna be giving a, a speech about like finding the fun and the funny and the paranormal and keeping it, you know, light and finding the humor in it, which is Hell like, yes. so, so important so to needed. me. It's- and that was so much of like, when I started this podcast, it's always been kind of the focus for me is like, yeah, sure. There's like moments when, when this stuff is so far from being funny, it's not even funny, uh, yeah. but like, you know, so much of it, there's, there's so much fun to be had. And, and I, I've spent so many years watching people that I'm like, are, is this even fun for you guys? Like, <laughs> right, exactly. Miserable. Uh-huh. Like, come on, you're talking to dead people, or you're talking to invisible, you know, humans. Like, it's fun. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, one of the best pieces of advice I ever got, and I'm sorry, I don't remember where I heard this or who told this to me, but one of the best pieces of advice that I ever got that I think is so important for more people in the paranormal who have an interest in the paranormal to hear is laughter is the best exorcism. Mm-hmm. It is the best way to clear a space. Yeah. And if you can have a good sense of humor about things that are scary, you can withstand just about oh, anything. That is great. Because, yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, some moments it's not great. And then all of a sudden everyone starts laughing and it's like that bad energy just out of there. Oh, uh, Dana will tell you the way that I deal with fear I, I is do. I just start to giggle and laugh. I do too. I can't help <laughs> it. My initial, the most terrifying thing happens and I'm like laughing about it like a complete I know. sociopath. Because it feels so absurd. <laughs> right. Yeah. There's invisible monsters and they're terrifying they're, me. Yeah, they're terrifying. <laughs> it's very funny. Yeah, it is funny to just sort of look at like 
sometimes I just sit here and I'm like, uh, I get to talk to people about like, it's so weird. Like, right. It's, awesome. it's so cool though. I don't know. It's all fun. <laughs> well, guys, you've been so generous with your time. Thank you for, Oh my for God. Chatting Thank you. Thank you. So fun. I hope we can do this again. Um, Absolutely. Many more times in the future. But um, yeah, tell tell everybody just everything that whatever you want them to know, where they can find you and all that. Well, I think we're both pretty easy to yeah, find. Yeah, we're online. pretty easy to find. Um, I do have something I'd love to shout out if people are interested in supporting uh, a cosmic horror film. I'm doing something that's a little outside of my comfort zone, but I'm very excited about. I'm executive producing a horror film uh, based around the concept of egregores, which we've talked a little bit about. And uh, the script is so scary. It the the cinematographer is incredible. Uh, the director is a it, it directed a really fantastic uh, short about an alien abduction support group. Uh, it's called Prefigured, and you can find that on YouTube. Um, but it, it's it's. I'm very, very excited about it because I've never seen a horror movie like this before. And it's kind of about what happens when enough people put enough energy to summon something terrible into the world. And it's called The Build Out. And we're fundraising for it right now. We're at 50%. We're 50% of the way there. And we've got about a month to go. And if you want to learn more about this movie and, uh, you know, have your name attached to something that I truly believe is going to change horror uh, horror films, uh, head to the build out movie or the build out film.com. Amazing. Oh my God. That <laughs> sounds great. Thank you so much to Greg and Dana Newkirk. Ooh, we'll see you at PhenomenaCon this weekend, patreon.com slash paramuseum to get those tickets. And I'll say hi to you. Can't wait. Speaking of Patreon this week, I have me talking for about 45 minutes about supernatural Catholicism. And uh, that's my second tier, patreon.com slash Ross for less. I would love if you would support. There's a link in the description of this episode. Please subscribe to the show and rate it five stars on Apple Podcasts. If you have a ghost story, leave it in a five-star review. Or put it in our Facebook group called Ghosted by Ross Dresvelez. You can email me your ghost stories at ghostedbyroz at gmail.com. If you want to be on a listener episode, do that. Send me some bullet points to ghostedbyroz at gmail.com and put in the subject line, listener episode. I am on Instagram at Roz Hernandez and TikTok and Twitter is It's Roz Hernandez. I'll be back next week. I love you all, both living and dead. But if I didn't ask you to haunt me, don't haunt me. Okay, bye! Star Avenue, a podcast, <clears throat> a podcast network.